Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing's podcast number 101 on February 2nd of 2023. Today, I'll be answering four interesting investment questions received in the last week. Check out my latest investment book, New York Stock Exchange's 106 Best High Dividend Stocks at Amazon.com. It could save you hours in your search for strong, safe stocks. Question number one. Is it easy to make money on the stock market? All the information and tools to make money on the stock market are easily and freely available. You might consider the following approach to investing that has consistently made money for me over the last 20 years. Many investors find it difficult to accept the simple premise that investing is very much a matter of common sense. They do not seem to recognize that the Securities Exchange Commission helps protect them. The SEC only allows companies who supply required information to be traded on a stock exchange. The amount of information available more than exceeds what you need to make good stock buying decisions. Yes, wherever there is lots of money floating around, there are those with sticky fingers who want to get those fingers on your money. Sometimes People call them thieves. So beware of stock promoters and the recommendations of financial advisors. Listen to them, but always verify whatever they say. If you cannot easily measure the risk, find another stock to invest in. When you receive an email like the following, warning bells should go off. If it seems to be too good to be true, it is more likely it is not true. This is extracted from an actual promotion that I received. I've replaced the mining company's name with the name 4X and the other stocks as large 150-year-old business. The email read, the U.S. government is betting $700 million on a lithium mine to secure domestic supply for X Corporation, which is strategically positioned, could potentially be one of the next lithium producers in America. America's lofty electric vehicle sales goals may not be as far-fetched as initially thought now that the U.S. government has stepped in with some serious cash. The Biden administration is on the hunt for domestic lithium sources to feed the nation's thriving electronic vehicle and battery market and is committing $700 million to lithium mining. The 4X project, which is one of only a handful of lithium mining developments in the U.S., is a prospective supplier to Ford Motor and Toyota that can produce enough lithium for 370,000 electronic vehicles a year. Once 4X 
gets U.S. approvals. It expects to begin construction in 2024. Fortunately, a well-financed junior called Forex is developing its high-grade lithium project. The project already has a robust preliminary economic assessment in place, which is a crucial analysis of the potential viability of mineral resources at the mining project and advancing towards a pre-feasibility study. The results of the preliminary economic assessment were very promising, establishing Forex among the limited peers as the newest, lowest, high-grade, near-term lithium producer in North America. Sounds great, doesn't it? Don't you want to be rich, rich, rich? Now let's look at the just the basic nine facts on this Forex stock that are immediately available online at no cost to you and compare these facts on Forex to a large 150-year-old stock that has been operating profitably for over 150 years. Forex's share price is 81 cents. The large 150-year-old business is $131.94. The price of the stock four years ago, unfortunately, Forex didn't exist four years ago. But the large company did, and it was $90.153. So on the four years, it's gained $40,000 for each share. The book value, which is established by accountants for the Forex mining company, is $0.07. Cents. And for the large company, it's $104.94. The number of analysts who see Forex as a buy are... Zero. The number who see the 150-year-old business are seven. Analysts who see Forex as a strong buy are zero. And for the large 150-year-old business, there are six. The dividend yield percent for Forex is zero percent. For the large business, it's 4.34 percent. The operating margin. This is the sales minus expenses figure for Forex equals zero. The large company is 51%. The daily volume of shares traded for Forex is 236,000. And for the 150-year-old business, it's over a million shares traded every day. The price-to-earnings ratio for Forex is 144. The one for the 150-year-old business is 6. Which is the stronger of these two stocks? Things are neither great nor small, nor good or bad, except by comparison. Obviously, the comparison between these two is extreme. But by looking at just these nine easily obtainable facts, it is not difficult to judge the degree of risk between these two stocks. To further determine the risk, it is easy to obtain historical share price information and historical dividend payout information. If a company has had ever-rising share prices 
and dividend payouts for decades, you can logically conclude that the executives of such profitable companies are dedicated to repeating their successes. Share prices, in the Forex example, are determined by optimistic and pessimistic speculators gambling on this stock. A trade cannot take place unless a bid is attractive enough for the seller of the stock to accept the bid. What they are investing in now is an illusion. Forex may or may not ever be a viable business. The decisions of the executives of a company can only control the sales and expenses that result in profits. From profits come dividends. The quickest way to identify strong, profitable companies is by looking at their dividend yield percent. The quickest way to find good prospective stock purchases is to look for stocks paying regular high dividends. The perfect stock does not exist. All you can do is measure them by the considerable information that is available. I built stock scoring software to help me duplicate the measuring of the differences so that I could easily sort hundreds of stocks for my books, from most to least desirable. Just being aware that you can sort stocks by risk is your first step in building a strong portfolio. Since the perfect stock does not exist and no one can accurately predict future share prices, it is critical that you invest equally in, I recommend, 20 carefully chosen stocks to add further strength to your portfolio. Question number two. What is the easiest way to buy foreign stocks? There are hundreds of foreign stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Several are financially stronger than most of the standard and poor 500 companies. Of the 106 stocks in the book, New York Stock Exchange's 106 best high dividend stocks analyzed and scored, 34 of them are foreign stocks. Interestingly, the highest scoring stock of the 106 is a foreign company. Foreign stocks are excluded from the S&P 500. Since these stocks are traded on the New York Stock Exchange, they're easy to buy. All the analytical information you need to determine which ones are best is easily available. The New York Stock Exchange dwarfs any of the other stock exchanges in the world with its volume of daily trades and thousands of stock listings. All stocks listed must conform with the reporting requirements of the Securities Exchange Commission. Question number three. How long can a company be unprofitable without going bankrupt? If you are the deadbeat owner of a small, unprofitable business, you can survive almost indefinitely. You order goods from a supplier and do not pay the supplier 
or you perhaps pay them when they show up at your door asking for money and threatening to take you to court. This may be six months after you receive the goods and have since sold them with a substantial markup. They don't just pay the supplier, they tell the supplier they are broke and if he sues them, you will go bankrupt and they will get nothing. It would normally take a year for the case to get to court if they did sue and you end up with a worthless judgment. The deadbeat offers to pay 10 cents on the dollar to the supplier. In a sense, if you are not paying for the merchandise that you are selling, it could be argued that you're running a very profitable business rather than an unprofitable one. When the retailer is finally cut off from one supplier for non-payment, the retailer goes to the next supplier and plays the same game with them. Hopefully, they are in a business with many suppliers. Some suppliers are stupidly trusting. I once saw a deadbeat order and receive a box carload of merchandise that he had to run around renting people's garages to store it all in. Personal credit cards are another source of business funding. You max them out, get cut off, and apply for another credit card from another bank. Business loans are another source of funding. They keep applying for loans until they find a bank that is lax about doing credit checks. I saw a bank accept as loan security an inventory of appliances in the borough's warehouse. Unfortunately, after the deadbeat had skipped, they found that the boxes in the warehouse, which had not been checked, were empty. They can also play this same game with their landlord. When the landlord locks them out and seizes any assets in the premises, they move down the street and start all over again. They don't go bankrupt because that costs money. They just walk away. If they were incorporated, they form a new corporation. What the old corporation owed is written off by the creditors to bad debt as a limited company out of business without assets. The suppliers usually have an allowance for a few percentage points of their sales budgeted for bad debt write-offs. The interesting thing is that 80% of their customers will pay according to the supplier's credit terms. Another 15% will be slow about paying. It is that last 5% that you run the greatest risk of not getting paid. This is where you spend most of your trying, trying to collect your money. I once asked a large national carpet manufacturer who had gone through several insolvencies with the same discount carpet retailer why he again sold this deadbeat. His reply was, Phil could sure move a lot of carpet. I suppose it was a question of timing. Hopefully, the manufacturer made enough of a profit on what they were paid to cover the expected loss when Phil stopped paying suppliers and moved on to set up the next company. It is a calculated risk on the supplier's part and a bit of greed. The next time you see a business selling products far below their competitors' prices and you wonder how they are able to do it, you may now know the answer. 
Question number four. How can you determine if a financial advisor can be trusted? It is not so much whether a financial advisor is trustworthy. It is more whether they are so brainwashed by their industry that they are blind to their own poor investment habits and beliefs. Many are conditioned to believing that the only investment you should have in your portfolio are expensive mutual funds, which supposedly will protect you from market crashes, but don't, or that you must only invest in stocks appearing in the S&P 500, even though they are not 100 good company that deserve to be invested in. Another blind belief is that 40% of your investments should be in safe bonds with zero chance for capital gain with an income barely matching the rate of inflation. Many also justify their thousands of dollars in annual charges by seeing themselves as policemen of your impulsive nature to buy risky stocks and sell strong stocks. Do you really need someone to police your investing? Many of them do not really understand that it is the wise revenue and expense decisions of human beings that result in a company's profits, not some mystical god of commerce, or that it is the incomprehensible beliefs of millions of speculators that make accurately predicting future share prices impossible. With their charts and other mystical tools, Financial advisors lose sight of the fact that emotional, flawed, manipulated human beings, not some mathematical formula, will determine future share prices. Yes, there are greedy financial advisors out there who are tempted to churn your portfolio every month and milk it for trading fees. They've got bills to pay too. If challenged on their behavior, it is not difficult for them to come up with several BS explanations that everything was done for your benefit. The fact the mutual fund they chose was costing you twice as much as an almost identical mutual fund by another supplier had nothing to do with the higher commission and bonuses they would receive. What is the solution? Remove yourself from the possibility of having your pockets picked by financial advisors. Become a self-directed investor. Let no one touch your money but you. Spend a little time learning how to safely invest. It doesn't take long and it is not complicated if you stick to selecting financially strong companies. Companies who have had consistent share price increases for years with ever-rising dividend payouts are a good place to concentrate your attention. Investing is all about common sense. Dividends come from company profits. The purpose of a company is to realize a profit. You get to share in the profits of successful companies through their dividends. Consistent, ever-rising 
Dividend payouts grow faster than a company's share price. Don't get suckered into the bait of buying into unprofitable companies who they promote as the next big thing with the potential to make you an almost instant millionaire. Quality stocks will grow your wealth over time. Do your stock research. Thanks to the internet, all of the tools to make smart investment decisions are available at no expense for customers of major banks and websites like Yahoo Finance. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.